This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's topic is how do these rising interest rates impact me? So you've probably been hearing a lot lately about the idea that the Fed has been raising interest rates. And um, it seems like it's all over the news, but most people don't really understand what that means in their own pocketbook. And so what I want to do today is bring that home to an individual level where you'll actually understand what it means to you and why anybody ever talks about this and uh, what you need to know about it. So with me this morning, I have Kelsey Banky. Morning, Kelsey. Good morning, Mary. Kelsey is a certified financial planner at our office, and Kelsey and I do a lot of work together to help our clients' portfolios weather changing interest rates. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that means today. All right. So the Fed is an organization that's in charge of deciding when interest rates are going to go up or down. Okay. The Fed is doing this in order to stimulate or contract the economy. And basically, in a nutshell, and this is a very simplified version of what's happening, is if the Fed thinks that the economy is strong, then they're going to raise the interest rates and make it a little bit more expensive and therefore a little bit less enticing for people to go out and borrow money. And if you don't borrow money, then you're probably not buying as much. And if you're not buying as much, it's slightly slowing down the economy, okay? Now, when that's a contraction, that is a contraction of the economy that they're trying to stimulate, okay? When they're trying to expand the economy, they tend to drop the interest rates. It encourages you to borrow more money. It encourages you to spend more money. And then that means there's more money flow happening out there in the economy. All right. That is stimulus. That's economic stimulus when the government, the Fed is trying to do this. All right. So why do they care about this? It's part of the checks and balances system. It's part of the way that the Fed is set up to keep economies from being runaway economies or from being depression-centered economies, okay? So that's what they're trying to do. Now, Kelsey, think about your own situation and think about your savings account. How much do you think your savings account's actually earning with interest? When I first opened it, it was making like 1.99% and now it's like a point. Seven or 0.6%. <laughs> right. We have super exciting interest rates on our savings accounts at banks right now, right? They're, they're, they just don't pay anything. And neither do CDs, right? Nope. That's what, what, a common complaint from mm-hmm. people that I talk to is I used to make really great money on my CDs and I just, they haven't done anything for me for years. Last year I made on several thousand dollars of CDs, I made less than $10 of interest, yeah. you know, things like that. It's just, um, <laughs> It's been a very common complaint for the last several years. Right. So here's the thing. When interest rates go down, it means that the interest that's being paid on your money at banks is going down. All right. It also means that the cost that it is going to be for you to borrow money from the banks is going down too. So what would you say that an average mortgage rate has been recently? 
you know, in that four to four and a half percent range has been pretty consistent with what I'm seeing everywhere. Okay. And even before that, before the Fed raised them, we were seeing interest rates in the three to three and a half percent range, mm-hmm. right? Now they're four to four and a half. And when the Fed raises interest rates, it makes it more expensive for you to borrow money, right? So if you wanted to go buy a house and do a new mortgage right now, it's going to be a higher interest rate than it was six months ago. And that's the direct impact that this has on your pocketbook. Now, here's the funny thing, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say I find this to be humorous yet highly irritating. (laughs) The banks raise the cost to borrow much faster than they raise the amount they're paying in the savings accounts interest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, isn't that the way it usually goes? (laughs) Right. So the last time the Fed raised the interest rate, they raised it by a quarter of a percent. And within one week... I got a notice from my bank that the line of credit I have for my business, the interest rate, which is a floating rate, went up by a quarter percent. So within a week, they increased the amount of interest that I have to pay. Okay, so if I was carrying a line of credit, then it'd be more expensive immediately. Now, what I did not get was a corresponding notice (laughs) that my savings account interest went up by a quarter percent too. In fact, it went up by nothing. (laughs) So there is a lag between the cost to borrow going up and the cost of your savings interest going up. There is a definite lag. I don't know how long that lag is, but I find it irritating that there's an immediate response on one side and not an immediate response on the other side. I would agree with that. You should be able to see it on both sides, but. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Nope. And, you know, the reason why is because this is where banks make money, (laughs) right? This is what's called a spread. So a lot of people don't understand this. Let me give you an example. So Kelsey, let's say that you had a um, inheritance come in and you inherited $100,000 and you wanted to go put that into a CD at the bank. What would that pay you right now? Oh, current rates, I think just slightly below two or just slightly above two. It's kind of depends on the bank and depends on the day. All right. So let's just say two for easy math. Okay. Okay. So you go put your money in the bank and they're going to pay you 2%. Now I go to the bank and I want to buy something and I want to borrow $100,000. Right. So what the banks are doing is they're going to take the cash that Kelsey deposited that they're paying her 2% on and they're going to lend me that same cash basically to buy something. But they're going to charge me, let's say, 4.5%, right? So it's the same cash. They're paying Kelsey 2% for that cash, but they're charging me 4.5%. And the funny part of the whole thing is it wasn't even their money to begin with. (laughs) It was Kelsey's. (laughs) But that's how a bank makes money. That's the spread, right? The difference between what they're crediting in interest and what they're charging somebody to borrow that is the spread and that's where they make money. So this Fed raising the interest thing, how it affects you is your cost of borrowing is going to go up faster than your cost of interest is or your your benefit of interest is. All right. Um, I think that that is something that people don't really understand happens that way. And what's interesting is this. The Fed has openly said, as of December of 2016, that they intend to raise interest rates approximately 10 times over the next three years. Okay? That's a lot. 
That's a lot of raises. They only do this when the economy is strong. Okay? They won't take the action if they perceive there to be weakness in the economy. So on one hand, you can know it's kind of a signal. If they raise it, then they perceive the economy to be strong. And I think that's a good thing, right? I think that's a great thing. Yeah, exactly. So um, there's benefits to all of us when this is happening. But what I want you to understand is if it's going to hit your pocketbook in terms of it's going to cost more to borrow money over the next three years than it has been, if you're thinking about buying a house, if you're thinking about taking a loan, you might want to factor that into your plans that the cost for you to borrow money is more likely to go up than it is to go down. Make sense? I think we're good. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. So the next thing that I want to talk about is how interest rates tie to inflation. Okay. Now, this is not an exact science, but most of the time, interest rates and inflation move in tandem, meaning they move in the same direction at the same time. Okay. So, Kelsey, when you were young, do you remember what it cost to buy a gallon of milk? I don't really, but I, I would, based on research I've done, it was down around a dollar, two dollars, maybe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now it's over four dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I more specifically remember being 16 and filling up my car with gas for 89 cents. Yep. Um, so that's that's probably the one that sticks out more to me. Sure. That makes <laughs> sense. And you know, gas is interesting because the price fluctuates on that. Sometimes it's two fifty a gallon, sometimes it's four fifty a gallon. Mm-hmm. It just depends on where we are in the, the, you know, gas and oil cycle of things. But the cost rising to buy things is basically what inflation is. Mm-hmm. Right. If we look at the last forty years, inflation has hovered somewhere in the four percent range okay four percent more a year to buy the same thing it cost to buy you last year okay but if we look at the last 10 years and we just isolate those the cost of inflation has actually been under two percent all right so quite a bit lower big difference Mm -hmm. there right and so um if we know that the fed is intending to raise interest rates 10 times over the next three years we can also make an assumption that it's more likely than not that inflation is going to start moving upwards too. Okay. So what is that going to mean to you? It's really crucial actually for retirement planning. You have to factor in inflation. Otherwise you're not going to be planning for the right amount of income in retirement. Yep. So when we're doing income planning, having a good idea of what inflation's doing is important. Um, I think also reevaluating your, your annual income when you know inflation is rising more quickly is important too. Because you might find yourself not enough income because just simply inflation happened. You didn't change your buying habits at all. Yep. And here's where you get the double whammy. If you're um, a person who's retired and you're living on a fixed income, if your fixed income number stays the same all of the time, then you are able to buy less as inflation goes up. Right? So inflation is damaging more so for people on a fixed income than for people who have a little bit more flexibility inside their budget. So speaking of fixed income, the biggest fixed income that people have is their Social Security. And we do have a great seminar coming up this month that's called Maximizing Your Social Security. We're going to hold that on April the 25th. So just go out to stirkfinancialservices.com and register for that. Join us. It's really some good tips and tricks about how you can maximize the biggest amount 
coming out of your social security. And who this is designed for more specifically is not the person who's only income is going to be social security. It's designed for people that have built some wealth where you have the flexibility to pick and choose when you want to start social security so you can maximize your benefit. You can put some strategy behind it and really make sure that you're making an educated decision on when you and your spouse, if that applies to you, take the social security benefit. Yep. Packed full of good information. So join us on April 25th. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about how rising interest rates affect your pocketbook. We've talked about why the Fed is doing this to stimulate or contract the economy on purpose. We've talked about how when they raise the interest rates, it becomes more expensive to borrow money. So the cost to refinance your house would be going up. If you have a variable rate mortgage, your mortgage rate's going to go up, things like that. We've talked about how your savings and your CD rates will also go up, but they will lag the time frame when that's going to actually happen. And we've also discussed how inflation usually tags right along with those raising interest rates. So those are some things to keep in mind. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about of how rising interest rates actually affect you are what they can do to the value of your bonds. And this is something... And maybe, Kelsey, you would agree. I think this is probably one of the most misunderstood things about bonds that's out there. Absolutely. And and I actually think this is really crucial at this point when we know interest rates are going up and they have forecasted they're going to continue to go up. We are now at a period where how you invest in the bond market is shifting. And if you're not adjusting to that, then you're going to suffer probably some consequences for that. So the way we've invested in and been in the bond market for the last several years is going to have to change in response to this. Right. And so here's here's the question is, well, why would that be? And let me explain it to you. If you can picture in your mind a seesaw and picture that seesaw with the one side on the ground and the one side sticking up in the air, the side that's on the ground is the side that interest rates sit on. And the side that's sticking up in the air is the side that your long-term bonds sit on, all right? So picture that seesaw starting to shift now, right? We know the Fed has said they're planning to raise interest rates. So we know that our seesaw is going to start to tilt, right? The interest rate side is going to come up off the ground and that seesaw is going to go up high, which means the other side of the seesaw where your long-term bonds are sitting is going to start heading down towards the ground. And what that means is the value of long-term bonds is going to drop as interest rates rise. Said another way, your long-term bonds are going to lose money as interest rates rise. Okay? Now, Along the seesaw sits all kinds of other bonds, all right? So picture in the middle of your seesaw, kind of that point where the middle point is, that's about where short-term bonds sit, okay? So short-term bonds are not as impacted by the ups and downs of the seesaw. Intermediate terms sit right in between that long-term on the end of the seesaw and the short-term in the middle. So as interest rates rise, the intermediate-term bonds will also start to lose value. So anything sitting on the wrong end of the seesaw is going to lose some value as interest rates go up. Conversely, anything sitting on the right side of the seesaw is likely to gain in value as interest rates go up. So what 
you might be wondering, is sitting on that end of the seesaw. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There are some different types of bonds and different instruments that sit on the same side of the seesaw as interest rates do. So one of those types is called a floating rate bond fund. And a floating rate fund, in its most general terms, is investing in those spreads that we talked about earlier that the bank is making money on. Okay, so it's investing in instruments that are lending money at one rate and then crediting money at a lower rate. And as those spreads widen, then those can make some some money. Okay, so if interest rates rise, things on that side of the seesaw will make money. Remember how we said that inflation tags along with interest rates? There are also different bonds that are called inflation-protected bonds, and they sit on the same side of the seesaw as inflation does. So if inflation starts to go up, the inflation-protected bonds are likely to make some money. Now, these are not absolutes. I'm not making any guarantees, and I'm not telling you to just rush out and go invest all of your bond money into inflation-protected or floating rate funds. There is a method to the madness, and there is a good reason and, a, and an appropriate way to make shifts in your bond positioning. So this is not intended to be advice for any one person in particular to go change their portfolio. It's intended to be illustrative of how interest rates and bonds interact. So if you know that the seesaw is likely to start tilting, <laughs> then and we know this because the Fed has said that that's their intent, then we know that it might be appropriate to look at doing some bond repositioning. Okay. Here's the thing, though. It could be all wrong. The Fed might not raise interest rates. And if they don't, it's because they perceive there to be weakness in the economy. Okay, so if you put all your apples in one basket on the same side of the seesaw as interest rates are, and if they don't raise them anymore, you're not going to be making money. Okay, so the bottom line is a diversified portfolio in your bond segment of your of your accounts makes sense. And there is positioning that makes the most sense based on what we have available for knowledge right now. Okay, so that is what we're going to be giving away today. So if you would like to have us evaluate the bond portfolio that you have, we are going to do that for our listeners. We're going to do it for a 25% discount off of the normal rates that we charge. And you need the code MONEYGUIDE25 in order to get that discounted rate. So if you give us a call or go out to our website at sterkfinancialservices.com and click on uh, contact us or schedule an appointment. And if you have the code MONEYGUIDE25, then we can discount our rates to do your bond evaluation uh, for that price. So Those are the ways that we think that interest rates are going to affect you. And um, I think it's very important for you to be paying attention to how these different things are going to actually impact your own pocketbook. All right. Well, that's what we have today for how these rising interest rates impact you. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out and talk to one of our certified financial planners. And we thank you for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. 
past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.